Raising Cajun fans, this is head football coach Billy Nature. You're listening to the flagship station of Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics, ESPN 1420. The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on this Wednesday morning, as promised. Joining me now, my friend Dave Schultz. Host of the game plan over in Mobile, WNSP. And uh, I guess it's it's Yacht Rock Day for him. Good morning, Dave. What's going on, my friend? How you been? You know it's a Yacht Rock Wednesday, Scott. You ready? One, two, three. I'm not talking about moving in, and I don't want to change your life. But there's a warm wind blowing, the stars are out, and I'd really love to see you tonight. Hey, I hit it. That wasn't bad. I don't know that, that wasn't you, bad. I know that I don't know that you hit it, but uh, you commit it. So I'll give you that. You commit it. All right. I give you that. Right. What's uh? Okay. What's your what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? I mean. They're like my age, right? They may be a little bit older than me. So it's got to be the first one, right? So you like License to Ill. So you like that specific album. Okay. So I wasn't really a Beastie Boys guy. I really wasn't. But everybody at my age liked You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party. That came out when I was in high school. Yeah. That's what, 1986, 87? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, did you just play Sabotage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty good. And then, what, the one to Brooklyn? That one. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah no, no sleep to so Brooklyn. All right. Yeah, no sleep to Brooklyn. I'm not really a Beastie Boys guy, but that, you know, they were there when I was growing up. That was a big thing on. No, you, uh, were just, you, know. you were just walking around, you know, singing uh, boat songs, slightly out of tune, right. but loving every second of it. Absolutely. Dave Schultz, our guest, ESPN 1420. He is uh, over there in Mobile and uh, covering all the sports over there, including South Alabama, who is 3-0 and for the first time ever in Sunbelt since, you know, they've been D1 in the Sunbelt. I, you know, I, I've been watching your, you know, your um, reports that you put on Twitter and coach, I mean, he's what, 34, the head coach of the Jags. Is it, is it Kane? Is yeah. it Womick or Womack? It's, uh, it's Womack. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Kane Womack. I just I, there's something about seeing it in like Womack. Just it, you want to come out, but Womack. I don't know. It just I, yeah, I feel I feel better about the Cajuns, you know, in the game on Saturday. It makes no sense because this oh. is just about how you pronounce a name. But I don't know. Womack just hits different than Womack. Because everything over there in Cajun land it sounds exactly the way it looks. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I mean Cajun French. <laughs> I mean you know that's not true. <laughs> and right. I know I know the right. I, I know the sarcasm there. What um. Right. You know, one of your your reports earlier this week, you had a, a, a defensive. I think it was defensive lineman for the Jags say they weren't really worried sure. about the run game for Louisiana. We know Coach Napier and what the Cajuns want to do 
really first and foremost is run the ball effectively. I know that that perked up some ears around here, perhaps some on the right. the coaching staff over here and the team. Mm. Um, I, what I took from it, Dave, was that South Alabama feels as confident as they they ever have as a football team over there. I mean, they, the players seem to believe they're they're three and zero. They're winning. They seem to really believe in what they're doing right now. Well, the one thing that has stood out has been the defense. Right? The offense got all of the publicity uh, to begin the year, heading into the spring and heading into camp and heading into the season with Jake Bentley, the transfer quarterback coming in, Kareem Walker, the transfer running back coming in, Jalen Tolbert, the local product on the Senior Bowl watch list, Jalen Wayne, his running partner, Colin Lacey, a local product. So the offense got all of the publicity, and the offense has been inconsistent at best. The offense has really only played well for about four quarters out of the 12 that they've had, and they haven't had the toughest of all competition. On the other hand, the rushing defense has been spectacular. I know they've only played Southern Miss, Elkhorn State, and Bowling Green, but hey, Bowling Green just beat Minnesota, so that's got to mean something. They're only giving up some 50-odd yards rushing a game, all right? and that includes the Frank Gore Jr. at Southern Miss. Uh, so the one constant has so far has been – the rushing defense, on the other hand, you know, whereas the, the, the Jaguars' offensive line seems to be coming back together, the Cajuns' offensive line seems to be a little bit of a mess and really hasn't been healthy. Also, the drop-off in talent from the guys that were there in 2019, Raymond Clay Jr., NFL, Trey Regis was in the NFL, and Eli Mitchell is in the NFL, uh, Kevin Dotson is in the NFL, and Robert Hunt is in the NFL. And with those guys, although Hunt got hurt, they're averaging 257 yards a game on the ground. That's unheard of. 150 yards isn't bad. 150 yards is pretty good. Except their competition hasn't been great either, and a lot of that big chunk has been against Ohio, where they rush for over 300 yards a game. So it feels like the Cajuns' rushing attack is a little bit in flux. And the constant for South so far this year has been the rushing defense. I presume the neighbors are going to try and run the football. I can't imagine a five-second clip perking up any years from a really quiet defensive lineman who we haven't spoken to a whole lot this year. But even when he said it, we're like, oh, there's the money line. That's what we're going to hear about. Um, but I think he was just talking based on what they've done and how well they've played. Uh, I'm not even sure he understands you know, the drop-off and the Cajuns rushing attack and how beat up the Cajuns offensive line is. Tell you what, losing losing Carlos Rubio um, for the season to a significant injury certainly uh, impacts the team. You know, against Ohio, Louisiana had their starting five offensive linemen as they were right. on the depth chart, I guess, when they got into fall camp. Even though they don't release a right. depth chart at the start of fall camp, we all kind of knew at least what it looked like there. Um, and, and now he's gone. So and then you kind of got to move Ken Marks back. You move him one spot over inside. So it just it, it has a it has a, a, an impact for sure. And then it's the strength of South Alabama, as you said, their defense, particularly their run defense. What do you make? You mentioned, you know, the, the, the line. What do you what do you make of the, the 12, you know, Louisiana minus 12 and a half in this one and the over under of 53? Well, the thing is, I didn't know about South. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know about the Cajuns, although I haven't watched them as closely as I have in years past. It just feels like Levi Lewis can hit a 55-yard bomb to the end zone on a dime, but still has an issue throwing an eight-yard out or when to run the football for himself. 
the I was nervous about South Alabama's offense coming in. So unlike everybody else around the nation, we got to watch the practices. So long as I go to the end of the practices and see them do one versus one, and I got to see all of the scrimmages. They could have three scrimmages, well, two scrimmages and a walkthrough, and the offense just looked, it didn't look sharp at all. I didn't know what they were doing. They could run the ball, pass the ball, whatever the case is. They had two bad drives against Southern Miss, and then boom, 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 boom. And then they were outstanding in the second and third quarter. Here's the other thing about South Alabama. I think they've been thrown out on their first possession in the game for three games. They may not have even had a first down on their first two possessions. It could be wrong on that. I need to double-check that. But this is also, so they are for sure thrown out on their first possession on all three games that they've played, but they've also scored a touchdown on their first possession of the second half. They, they understand that. Even Jake Bentley in the last game said against Alcorn State, he's like, I don't know what's going on in the first half, but boy, we come out in the second half and do 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 right down the field. Against Alcorn, they're actually trailing 14-7 to due to a couple of fumbles, and all of a sudden they stopped turning the ball over. They got three three-and-outs and then three touchdowns. It would have been four, four, four three-and-outs and a fourth touchdown, but they fumbled the count, and that sort of set them back a little bit. So yeah. I don't know what this South offense can do against the Cajuns' defense. We'll see if, if you know, Billy gets a little cute instead of trying to run the ball, prove that they can pass the ball, and trying to play, you know, try to outcoach uh, uh, Kilwamek, uh, because I'm going to pass the ball anything, I'm going to run the ball and vice versa, uh, compared to just here's the running play. Right in 2019, Scott, Levi Lewis could have come up to the line and said, huh, we're going to run it to the right, hey, we're going to run it to the right, huh, you can't stop us, we're going to run to the right, and they could run to the right, and you couldn't stop. Now it feels like they can't do that quite as easily, uh, so we'll see. I don't know what to expect from the South offense. It has been, again, inconsistent at best against not the greatest of all competition. Same can be said with the defense against not the greatest of competition, but it's been very consistent, and the rush defense has been very, very good. Are we? Are we talking? Are you on the treadmill? Are you on one of your your jogs right now? You're kind of it's like going oh, no. in. Going... I just talk better when I'm walking. I just talk better when I'm walking around. It's <laughs> just mind flowing. Um, the uh, ESPN 1420, Dave Schultz, our guest. So the, I guess what you're saying, Dave, is this for you and probably for many, maybe within the program at South Alabama, this is not even just a, a conference opener for them, but a measuring stick game? Absolutely, especially for South. They see what, you know, Ken Lomick is, you know, he was here. They're coaching against the Cajuns against him. Maybe Napier's first year, maybe not. I'd have to I'd have to check that. Yeah, I, I, but he's seen what the Cajuns were, sure, and you know, and he knows what they are now. Yeah, I um, I don't think that it's a a measuring stick game for ULS, yeah, specifically South Alabama here, and um, you know, yeah. uh, they they've they're they're playing with confidence though, as you said earlier, especially on defense. Uh the 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 strong start. You know, one thing that. That I know you you were in your report yesterday that they're just harping on nonstop this week is is ball security, um, right? That's that is how how big of an issue is that, or is this just like it is with any team? Hey, you know what? Protect the football, or you're going to lose. Because every team stresses a day, but I got the sense from your 
your report that it's there's there's an an extra emphasis on it this week for the Jags. Well, they, they had four they had four fumbles on against Elkhorn State. That's where it came from. Two on punts that they didn't handle correctly. I'll have to figure out where the fourth turnover came from. But Jake Bentley got a got a first down and then he got hit and he fumbled. So two of them are on punts, probably more on decision making than ball security. And Bentley probably needed it. One, they probably had a running back who fumbled uh, as well. Uh, or no, Jalen Wayne. I think Jalen Wayne fumbled after getting a first down. So that, that's a direct result of four fumbles. Uh, going back a couple of questions, I mean, the Cajuns have more talent. They have, you know, they've been together a lot longer. They have set the culture, and Ken Womack knows that and wants to mimic it. And he said, you know, they are the, the, they set the tone over in the West in the Sun Belt. Um, but again, the Cajuns are beat up. I'm not sure Levi makes the great decisions that he should based on his experience. I don't know necessarily if he does either. Uh, but I mean, the Cajuns should, I don't, did it really go up to 12? It was 10. It's now up to 12. 12 and a half, according to uh, Pick Center right now, which is the one I'm looking okay. at. Louisiana so, minus 12 and, and, I mean, and a half. I, yeah. I'm not surprised that that's what it is. Um, with the line, that's from I think the Miss, Yeah, I, yeah. I think the Ole Miss Alabama line is a little high, but yeah, whatever. Biggest um, over under I think ever in SEC history. It's crazy how right, high that right. one is. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that that's a line that the Cajuns probably should be a two touchdown or a two score favorite. Uh, and if South gets off to a slow start, that's going to be bad because the Cajuns may have a bad driver too. But you blink and it'll be 14 nothing. Well, if you're South Alabama, you know, don't, don't get off those slow starts in this one, or else you're going to be uphill the whole time. It's going to be a lot tougher to come back against the Cajuns than it was against Alcorn State or Bowling Green. Dave Schultz, our guest, ESPN 1420 at Dave WNSP on Twitter. The, um, you know, when when it comes to the Sun Belt West, Coach Napier always he, he tells the team this counts for double. You know, this counts for two. They've never lost a game in the Western Division uh, in in the mm. Billy Napier era. And I know they don't want to start on Saturday, but it's a bus trip for UL, right? They don't have a ton of those. Um, South Al's well rested, right? They're they're coming off a of bye week. Cajuns coming off a yeah. trip to Statesboro. I mean, for South Al, it seems like if you wanted to um, play the Cajuns at any point on your schedule, this is probably where they would pick to do it. You know, there, there's there's a few intangibles in this game that I think. Uh, are you know favorable for South Alabama? I don't think South Alabama is going to win, but I do think in terms of the layout of it all and when they're getting them and things like that, I think it's, I think I think that's what you know. If uh, Coach uh, Wamick, if you asked him, you know, uh, off the right. record, he would probably say, yeah, this 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 is probably where we want them. But ultimately, yeah, I, I think I think they're just early on in that process of sort of turning that program in the right direction, but they're, they're early in the process and the Cajuns are just farther along in the process, much farther along, a couple of years. And, and I, I, you know, to not get deep into X's and O's just to simplify it. I mean, that's, I just think right now UL is the better team and that's why I think they're going to win Saturday. Uh, that, that probably is going to be the case. I'm going to say winning 28-24. Jalen Tolbert will be the best player on the field, the wide receiver. For, uh, for South, and he could be, be covered by his former high school teammate, Eric Garrard, both of whom went to McGill Tulid, uh, right here in Mobile. Uh, well, the, the, so the Jaguars got in a bunch of transfers. He used that portal. He may have signed more guys out of the portal than he did in his first class. Of course, that was only 
you know, a couple of weeks, you know, after he got the job. So that's not technically it's his first class, but you got to give him a year. Right. Uh, so, you know, we went over Jake Bentley and, you know, Kareem Walker and they got Jamal Brooks, a little linebacker, and they got some defensive line guys. But they also have some guys that have been here for a while. Chris Henderson, you know, is in his sixth year. They have it. They have some super seniors. Uh, so they have a lot of experience. Um, so we'll see, you know, over the years on how this is built. Uh, you know, the kid who was the quarterback last year, who started last year, is still here. Desmond Trotter. So we'll see if he becomes the quarterback next season. He's a local product, and he's stuck around. You know, everybody's trying to leave, and he's still here. So we'll see if he gets back into the starting lineup next year uh, and how Kane is able to recruit uh, moving forward. Uh, but, I, again, if, you know, if, some, if South can stop, well, not going to stop, but slow down that running game and get pressure on Levi, it could be a closer game. Now, if South keeps on turning the ball over, it's not going to be a close game. But, you know, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to get too deep in the weeds to figure out stop the running and pressure Levi Lewis. I mean, you can tell me this, Scott. He, has he taken off and run this year at all? Not, I just haven't seen him run. There, the there, there, there's much. been a, there, you know, the Cajuns have struggled on third down a lot, and there's some of the opportunities there on third down for him to run have been there. Um, thing about Levi is he'll have games where, you know, you're watching, and you're like, I don't know, he's missing plays. Then you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, dude, he's completing like seventy percent of his passes, and the numbers are good. But then you're like, but I'm watching the game. You know, he's 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 one of those kind of players, and he's yet to have you know the perfect game, as I put it, which isn't you know the the hundred and fifty eight point three rating. It, it doesn't have to be you know thirty for thirty, but just a game where he feels like you know what. I, there, there's not a single play out there that I feel like I left on the field. You know, last week, if you just looked at the stat sheet, you'd say, man, he, he had a really good game. And he wasn't, he had a good game, but there were six or seven plays that he left on the field. And, right. you know, if he can have one of those, I mean, obviously he's a great leader and his teammates love him and the coaching staff loves him. If he can have one of those perfect games, um, you know, I think I think the Cajuns offense is, it can you know, the sky's the limit. But I mean, look at his stats. You know, 1,047 yards this season, completing 65.5%, seven touchdowns, right. one pick. You know, it's those are good numbers. I mean, that's what you want in a starting quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think you know, to your point with his feet, some of those third downs where the Cajuns have struggled this year and where they've kind of struggled the last few years, that's, uh, that's an area where – it's not necessarily have to be a design run or anything, but if the play's not there, if you don't let a rip, make it happen that way. And uh, that's something that, you know, I think I think there's some plays this year certainly he'd want back. I think a great example of that, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the first possession against Texas, right? They set it up to where it's a third yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. And he's rolling to his left. And I think he's got one defender out there between him and the wide receiver. And all he's got to do is pump fake, put his left foot in the in the ground, and go in the other direction and dive forward for two yards. Instead, right. he waits till he's on the sideline and throws it out of bounds to the wide receiver. No, yeah, I remember the play. It was early in the game. Yeah. ESPN fourteen twenty. Yeah. Dave Schultz, our guest. So, wait, what was your prediction for the game Saturday? I got twenty eight twenty four Jaguars. All right, Dave's Dave's rolling with the Jags. Um, what's the you know the, the South Al finally you know a good stadium. Right, campus. Yes. Um, how's how is that? What's the public interest in Mobile for South Alabama? And 
And how does that stadium kind of help with, with the game day experience? Uh, well, first, just like I was when I was there, they don't like being called South Air. It's either South or South Alabama or Jaguars. Got so it. that's the thing. I got corrected here. You know, just like the can't be Louisiana the last But year. they're good with just being called just South? Just straight up, just South? South. Yep. Okay. South. Yep. They're problem with South. South Alabama, you're South. Fair right. enough. Uh, or USA, even. Uh, so I feel like South and USA is taken. That might confuse some folks. So I'm just going to roll with South Correct. Alabama. That's what I'm going to call them. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so last year's stadium opened and it was called it, so very few people were in it. And, you know, compared to the Cajuns, they don't have one SEC team they're dealing with. They're dealing with two. So this week, you know, they get Alabama's at 2.30 against Ole Miss, and then right after their kickoff at 7, Auburn is kicking off against LSU. You know, this is a program that moves their schedule, even if the schedule comes out and they're playing on a Saturday, the last Saturday of November, and that's going up against the Iron Bowl, they move it. I remember they moved it during the season when I was in uh, when I was in Lafayette, but this year they moved it before the season. They're playing on Black Friday. It's, it, you know, they will not compete against the Iron Bowl. So they know they're standing <laughs> if they got 20,000 people there on uh, on Saturday. So the first game was Southern Miss. I was a little bit disappointed. The upper deck, it looked like the lower bowl was full, and I can't see. I presume, you know, right below the press box, um, that was pretty full. But the lower bowl, they, they let the students fill up the lower bowl right behind the visitors' uh, bench. But the little upper deck, uh, the second level, was not as full as I would have liked it. Last game, there was rain and a light delay for an hour and a half. Hopefully they got the lights fixed, and we won't have that problem. As soon as the ball kicked off, we were in a delay for an hour and a half. So um, the stadium, I would tell you that they're overall, South Alabama has as good as, I would guess, group of five facilities. Well, it's going to stadium for baseball. Softball looks pretty good. Uh, Mitchell Center is as good as any in group of five. And now they got a perfect size stadium, 24,000. Um, we'll see what happens. I guess they're at Troy this year. We'll see what happens next year when Troy comes down. That's their rival, and see if they can fill it up for that football game. It'd be nice if 20,000 fans were here on Saturday. I doubt it, only because, you know, of the Auburn game and the Alabama game going beforehand. It's a lot like the Cajuns. I mean, you know this, Scott. You know, the Cajuns are playing at six, and LSU's playing at eight. A lot of fans leave. They may go back to their tailgate and watch both games, but they leave the stadium because uh, they're LSU fans. Uh, so it's a it's a an issue that they're well aware of, and they do the best they can. And hopefully, people will come out and support them. And there's a you know it's the same thing that you know you're a South fan, but you're also either an Auburn or Alabama fan. Speaking of that, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Auburn LSU uh, Saturday night. What are your thoughts on this game and? Uh, and just LSU and I guess how underwhelming they, they, they currently are, especially in the run game and Coach O.C., just overall this matchup and what you think it means to each program. Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, it kind of felt like LSU was the dumpster fire or the tire fire, and now it seems like Auburn is, right? I mean, I think LSU has improved weekly since the first game. They looked awful against UCLA, and then, the defense showed up against McDace, and then the offense showed up uh, the following week against Central, and 
they did what they had to do against Mississippi State on the road. Any win on the road in the SEC is a good one. Uh, as far as Auburn is, who knows what's going on there, right? Is, is T.J. Finley, who's only at Auburn because he looked awful and played awful for LSU last year, wait for it, against Auburn, and Bo Nick let you up. Bo has two great football games against LSU, one against that national champion in Tiger Stadium on Saturday afternoon in 2019. And then you fire the wide receivers coach. Four games in, you're blaming your issues on the wide receivers coach. I mean, the quarterback was missing. Bo Nix was missing his wide receiver. Bo Nix, there's like plays oh where I'm like, is he, he, I'm not even, I don't even think it's hyperbole. It's like, was, is he throwing the ball like to anyone? Is he aiming? Like, it looks like he's looking for a receiver and it ends up in the like first row at Jordan Hare Stadium. I, 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 it, like, it's not like his throws that are off or off. You know, he's just off by like a hair. He's just off by a foot. He's off by like a dinosaur, bro. I mean, it's it, yeah. some of those throws. I'm like, I, I couldn't throw it that poorly if I tried. Now, look, that's not to say he doesn't have a strong arm, but it's like, is it too strong? Where the hell is that? The accuracy with him is mind-boggling from one play to the next. I've never seen anything so drastic before. Yeah, no, he was he was absolutely off against Georgia State. And so, you know, football is so different from, like, a Major League Baseball game. If your ace comes out and just doesn't have it and gives up, you know, four or five runs and an inning and a third, you know, like, you shut him down and we'll get you out here next time. You know, so now instead of, you know, just replacing Bo Nix as the starting quarterback, because you got to give the starting quarterback, you know, the number one reps, instead of just saying Bo's still our quarterback, he just was having a tough day. Well, because he's had a tough day, you know, for a lot of the past two and a half years, and they saw the kind of day he was having in the spring ball, then they went on about T.J. Finley. He's sort of wondering what's going on here with the Auburn football program. They, they don't seem to have a... And maybe it's just the incompletions make it look bad. They don't seem to have a game plan. Kind of like run, run, throw, run, run, throw. And they don't seem to do it, you know, have the nice eight-yard throws and 15-yard throws. It's kind of like we're going to throw 15 yards and, you know, 50 yards. Uh, and I don't understand it. They do have a nice rushing attack if they can get that going. Tank Bigsby is really good, but that freshman, he may be better. Jarquez Hunter is really good, and statistically, he is either right there or he's ahead at Tank Bigsby. But everybody loves Tank, A, because of his name and because he had a great year last year. But this kid Hunter may be just as good, if not better, than Bigsby. I think LSU is going to win the football game because I just don't know what to expect from Auburn. They, they you know, played pretty well against Penn State, certainly had a chance there, but they should have lost against Georgia State, right? They should have lost that football game. And... You know, they're going to really go into Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night and win. I just don't see that happen. Dave Schultz, our guest, ESPN 1420. Before I let you go, brother, the uh, the book that is going to be released, I guess, October 12th, I think I read, uh, about the New England Patriots. It's going to be this, this reveal, right, about the Patriots and... You know the secretive franchise. I'll. I'm. I'm sure there'll be some nuggets in there. How much? I don't know. Uh, it says it'll address Spygate, Deflategate a little bit. We'll see. But you being a Patriots fan, uh, having right. grown up in that part of the country, are you are you excited about this book, or are you kind of like, you know what? I I know my team. I don't need to read this. Uh, no, I'm all interested in that thing. I'm all interested in, in how successful people become successful, and unfortunately. Usually there's some ruthlessness in there, right? There is some 
ruthlessness, right? I mean, Almost always. it feels like Brady doesn't get enough, Brady doesn't think he get enough credit, and apparently Robert Kraft doesn't think he gets enough credit, and Belichick doesn't like putting up with Robert Kraft, and Kraft thinks he found Belichick, and Brady wanted some love, and God, it is a, it is as the Patriots turn, it's a soap opera, uh, and this all from what I read on ESPN Wickersham, some of the notes. This all kind of got going in 2017. So all of this stuff where Tom was putting his house up for sale during the last year, and he's like, well, it's a process, yada, yada, yada. No, he had made his decision. Uh, and they just didn't want to They just didn't want to pay him. Uh, and he ended up in a better spot in Tampa Bay anyways. Look at all the talent that they got in Tampa Bay compared to the talent that Mac Jones was dealing with. Put Mac Jones on Tampa Bay, and they'd probably be just as good. Just as good. So Tom Brady well, and Mac Jones are equal. Maybe not. Just <laughs> Come good, on, but, I mean, you know. There's a ton. There's a ton more talent on Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no question. Yeah. They've, they've got yeah. better skill position players. Yeah, the whole thing right. just stress, stress. Obviously, stressed out Robert Kraft a lot. He needs to, you know, loosen up, get some massages, and and just try to right. get away from the game a little bit. But um, yes. Yeah. I, I look. I'm I'm currently reading the. Uh, I I can't believe it took me this long to get to it. I'm so busy. I got a long way to go. But uh, Jeff Perlman's book about the Mets. I read his book about uh, the Cowboys that he wrote years ago, which is just a fantastic read. And so those like he does a good job. I um I want to see what Seth Wickersham does. And if enough people are like, okay, you know what? There's some there's some really good stories in here you know that that haven't been told before and it's definitely worth the read that I'm going to pick it up but I kind of want to wait there's going to be a lot of hoopla when it first comes out and then a month or two later obviously seek your opinion see if it's worth it but I'm I'm going to see how people react and then maybe I'll give it a shot well the Perlman Mets book is laugh out loud funny Right. Oh, I'm 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 early. In, I'm I'm only early in it, but yes, I have I oh. have I have. La- he probably just it has a way. Of, he just has a way of like. He's just a funny guy, man. He is, but uh, but uh, so so were those Max Wally Backman and Dykstra. Also, by the way, keep an eye out for Perlman's working on a new book on Bo Jackson. So we're oh, all yeah. looking forward to that one. Oh yeah, uh, over here. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be interested in, in reading about it. But I, I mean, I don't know what are we gonna look any worse. You know, the people who don't like the Patriots aren't going to like the Patriots, and they're going to see I told you so. And Patriots fans are going to be like, you know, six Super Bowls in nine years. I guess. I mean, I, for me, you it's know. like, you're probably right. For me, it's just, I just like good storytelling. Like, I didn't, look, when I was sure. young, I hated the, the the cowboy dynasty of the early 90s. Like, hated them, as did most right. folks. You either loved them or hated them. But that didn't, I still enjoyed the hell out of the book. And I love the Mets. But, like, and there's a lot of, you know, stuff about, you know, shady things perhaps some of the guys on the team did. But that's not – I'm not – I guess I don't approach it as much. Now, maybe if it was like a book strictly about the Saints, I might have sort of a different – but I just I just like good storytelling, man. And, um, you know, love him or hate him, I'm indifferent. I, if he's if he's got some never-behind stories and, and paints the picture and you can feel like you're a fly on the wall, I'm in. Sign me up. Well, absolutely, but the Patriots kind of flipped, right? Everybody loved them. The underdog that won it in 2001 in the Super Bowl down there in New Orleans in 2002 to the hated New England Patriots. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, they hadn't won a Super Bowl since the Cowboys won all of theirs. They've been to all of them and won all of them Cowboys went yeah. to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I mean Crazy. in this in they've 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 they're all in this century. Whereas Dallas has won, I don't know what two playoff games in this century. So um, like that, right? it is it, you know I 
I, uh, I'm, I'm a little interested, but uh, I'm going to get your perspective after you read it and see if it's worth it. But listen, man, look, okay. I, I appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the game Saturday. Um, give give Jay a, a big old pat on the back. Jay Walker available? Can he be my sideline reporter for the high school game I'm doing on Friday? Is you know what? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think old Jay is uh, is showing up until uh, I think. I think they're driving up on uh, on Saturday. So I don't think. I don't oh, think really? he can do that. Yeah, you know the okay. bus trips. It's like they. You know, Mobile. It's not that far. You leave early the morning of. So unfortunately. Uh, he couldn't, but that would that would be really funny. I'd be I'd be down for that. I mean, just be awesome, you know. Give me, give me, Maybe give me, Cody give me. Give me, yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. I think I think he's coming up late too. But hey, you huh. know what? Just uh, give the guys grief for me, and uh, I'll talk to you down the line, my friend. I appreciate it, Scott. Say hi to everybody back for me in the, in Lafayette. Always do, my friend. Have a good one. Thanks, brother. All right, that is Dave Schultz. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN1420 and dot com.